Hello, welcome everybody. Um, I don't know if others will still arrive. What's the time? But anyway, if they do, that's... Um, will sends his best wishes and um, regrets because his um, broadband is completely down and he can't, can't get on. So he's very disappointed not, not to be with us. So welcome to this event, which is the last, I think, in the Summer Festival and is organised by the Faith in Action Committee. Um, just to say that we're recording this, um, just the audio. So if you don't want your voice to be recorded, just if you want to say anything, write it in the chat and we will transmit it. But um, it's just the audio that we'll be using. And then that means that those who can't, aren't able to attend can um, access this at some other point and hear what Jane has to say. So we're just delighted to welcome Jane Bennion, who's the founder of the Oxford Community Emergency Food Bank. The congregation has been supporting the food bank with gifts in kind since 2013. And when lockdown put a stop to this, we made a financial donation to help with the continuing and increased demand from the family, from demand for food for, from families pushed into poverty. So we thought it would really be great to hear a bit more about it all from Jane, about what the food bank does, how it began, and about the effect of the pandemic on food poverty in Oxford and Britain. And she'll start off and then she's happy to respond to questions. And if you have questions as we go along, do write them into the, into the chat. We'll um, take them afterwards, but um, you, know, you can always write them ahead of time. So I don't know if there's anything else, Anna, we need to say practically. So over to you, Jane. Hello, um, and thank you, Mary, very much for um, inviting me and for all of you for letting me talk and tell you a little bit about the Community Emergency Food Bank, which we, is known now as CEF, really. Obviously, we'd be very much preferred if it, we could all met together, but we're all getting used to these Zoom contacts. And although I think we will all agree that we miss the having face-to-face -face contact on these occasions. And as Mary mentioned, many of you have been supporting CEF for many years, both in kind and financially, and particularly latterly financially. And we're extremely grateful for this, as we almost entirely rely on individual support from communities in Oxford. And we don't always receive any government or local authority support, well, in, in financial support. However, uh, others of you may never focus on food banks, although you probably are aware that they exist now, because there's been quite a lot of um, information on the media about them. So I'll tell you a little bit about CEF and where we came from and our history. Um, 12 years ago, I took early retirement from, um, as a social worker working for Bucks County Council. And while visiting clients, I'd come across occasionally certain clients struggling to put food on the table for their families. 
that year, my husband and I visited one of the mega churches. We went to a conference in Chicago. And there we noticed in the church that people were leaving bags of food in the car park. And when it, on inquiring about what was happening, we were informed that this was for the local food bank. And in, in the 12 years ago, food banks were being used, were being up and running all over the USA, and mainly run by church communities. So when we returned to England, we started as I wanted to have something to do, but um, and this into into the UK. In fact, um, I then discovered two years previously um, an, an organisation started in Salisbury. Um, and they started a local food bank there and then were franchising it out to other other places in the UK um, and they were the Trussell Trust. And, um, but for various reasons we decided to start a charity here in Oxford but as an independent to the Trussell Trust. But our criteria is the same as the Trussell Trust in that we provide emergency parcels to those who are struggling for whatever reason to put food on the table for their, fam for their families. This means that every person or family has to be referred by one of the statutory or non-statutory bodies in the city. We currently have over 100 organizations and departments that, we, that refer to us here in Oxford. Anyone who knows a family and who is involved in supporting them can refer. And it is interesting to know that in the run in the UK, some through the Trust of Trust and some are independent like ourselves, loosely supported by the independent food. Uh, aid network work known as IFAN. So up until March this year, we provided a service whereby people were referred to us and would come to collect their food from our three sites in the city. One of them at, was, is at St. Francis Church in Holloway where we have our food warehouse. Another at the Little Moor Baptist Church and the third at the Baptist Church in um, Barton, um, which is run from the neighbourhood community centre. This way, as well as providing food parcels, we could begin to build up a relationship with those who are in need of food and perhaps often signpost people to other organisations. And we, re we relied heavily on a wonderful group of very supportive and loyal volunteers. So in March, when lockdown began to be put in place, we tried to carry on a collection service, but it soon became obvious 
Yes. That this wasn't safe either for those coming for food or for our volunteers. So we decided we had to close the centres and regroup. And two weeks later, we opened a delivery service. So instead of being providing food parcels to people five days a week, we had to um, limit it to twice a week on a Tuesday and a Friday. This meant we had to find enough drivers who always go with a, a companion to deliver the food and also another team of volunteers to pack on the day previously. Our referral system, which was a paper system, had to, had to be changed to an electronic referral system sent in by the referrers. We no longer had any, any contact with the people receiving the food, no physical contact. This whole operation works from now, from St. Francis Church, where we were very blessed by the kindness of the vicar, Jeff Bayliss, and his church wardens, who enabled us to use, take over the whole of the church when they were in lockdown. Now, as gradually the church is beginning to be used again, we're very lucky that in the grounds of St. Francis Church was a, a scout hut, so we partially use it, and we have been told that it's probable it won't be used as a, for the scouts until the middle of October um, this year. One of the sad factors of this new arrangement was that many of our volunteers were older and were having to self-isolate themselves. And so they weren't able to continue working for SEF. However, we had a wonderful response from our um, appeal and we have been able to manage to find enough people to provide the service continually since March. And many of these people have been younger people who have been furloughed or some of them are students but not at university that the president had to leave in, in March. Um, and although some are now returning to work, or hopefully some of them going back to college in September, October, um, we have been able to keep up with people applying to be volunteers, which is very moving and very heartwarming that there are people out there, lots of people who want to help us. The demand for food parcels over this period has been very high. In the first three months of the pandemic, we, uh, the number of referrals had almost trebled from the same time last year. So we were averaging at about 200 plus referrals, that's per family referrals a month, while from April onwards, we were providing food parcels for over 500 families per month. There is some sign that this has eased off a little bit over the last 
mum. But we are expecting and fear that it will rise again in September and October when people um, perhaps who have been furloughed find that they've lost their jobs. Also, the local authority and government have been providing food parcels to people in lockdown and these will stop in mid-September. We are hoping very much that as soon as we can, we will return to our old system of working with people, giving people a cup of tea and able to have a chat with them. And the privilege we have had then of hearing their stories and perhaps being able to help them um, in other ways. The way we're working at the moment, it's useful and we know we are feeding lots of people out there, but it's very impersonal. Our drivers leave bags of food on people's doorsteps and only stay long enough to make sure they've come to the door and picked up the food, give, give them a, a wave and that's it. And we do feel a little bit like a Tesco's delivery driver. So who knows what's coming around the corner? Whatever does happen, we will have to adjust accordingly. But where we are very proud that we were able to continue the work and be able to help a whole lot, new lot of people who we had never seen before um, in the previous years. But it is a worrying time for so many people. That's. I think, that, I think that's what I'm going to say. I would very much appreciate and enjoy answering any questions that you may have. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jane. That's really fascinating to hear. Um, and really heartening about the, that the volunteers have come forward. Mm. It's been remarkable, actually. I mean, I've never... We didn't have to advertise, we didn't have to do anything apart from talk to some of the churches we're connected with, and but just people have rung up endlessly. And each time I think, oh gosh, we've got a bit of a problem on Thursdays because there aren't enough packets, someone will be in contact. I mean, it's been quite amazingly, every problem we come across seems to be resolved by someone coming forward offering help and also lots of different skills coming to help us to people with different skills. And when you see it say 500 families a month is that um, one package a month or a package a week or how does it work? Well we've always run it's been we call it, it is an emergency food bank we don't feed people on for the long term and we've never done that and we had a quite a strict system although it was flexible we were saying that people could come back three times in a year but if the referrers told us that there was a problem or it was a new crisis we would be flexible and give people more food since the pandemic 
we told the referrers people could come back five times before we asked any questions. But then we will, as soon as someone's been five times, we will contact the, um, the referring agency and say, look, to, you know, give us a bit of a breakdown on the story. Are they getting the help they need? Are they going to need more food parcels? Or can, you know, are there, is there anything else that could be done to support them? Um, and that seems to have worked very well. The referring agencies seem to, you know, understand that we can't feed people on the long term. But on the other hand, you know, some people really struggle. So if they need five more parcels, they need five more parcels. But we do have to have some limit on. Yeah. So people don't become too dependent on yeah. food banks mm -hmm. because that can happen quite quickly. So if anyone's got a question, um, either wave frantically or ideally write it in the chat, but, or write your name in the chat and then I'll know to call you. Anyone like to? Questions or comments? John is waving and Margaret's waving. Margaret, do you want to go first? Unmute yourself, please. Yes, thank you, Jane. Um, I just wanted to know whether you are getting sufficient supplies. I mean, you've got this great demand now. So, I mean, do you have sufficient resources to, to cope with, uh, you know, this increase? And I've got a second question in that, I mean, do you have any relation with the, with the Oxford Food Bank? Um, yeah. So, that, so I know they're they're two different issues, but I just wanted to get them there whilst I'm I've got the microphone. Yes, no, that's that's absolutely fine. Um, over food um, and you might having enough food to to to, to cover this big increase. Um, yes, at the begin with when it was it was you know really. Hi. I mean, we had um, we had good stocks when we started. We've we've always kept our stocks quite high. Um, there was a moment in April May when we were having to purchase some extra food from an organisation that deals with food banks particularly, and we having to purchase food. But actually, latterly. The supermarkets have been very good, the local supermarkets um, and individuals. And although we relied initially for most of our food being donated through the churches, and obviously with the churches closed, that was became a little bit of a problem. But now individuals come with parcels, you know, endlessly. And it, 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 we are well, we're really quite well stocked with food. Um, but we have got the pullback that we can purchase it and, and because people have been, some of them people who are giving don't, are now donating to us financially so you know our financial um, uh, money has increased so food isn't a big issue really which is wonderful at the moment I mean it may be in the future but people still are 
coming in their cars with great bags of food and you know it's it's very it's very wonderful that people are so generous and how streets and we have you know various streets of people who've taken an initiative and got the gone banged on doors and got people to deliver centrally to one one member of the, their community and who then delivers it over to us so there's a lot of good people out there it's very encouraging and over the Oxford Food Bank. Yes, I mean, Oxford Food Bank, that we started roughly the same time. And, um, but they are a very different organisation because they provide uh, fresh food to organisations like ourselves and um, drop-in centres and lunch clubs and, and this sort of thing. And we have always been worked alongside them and with them. Um, and and we still do work with them and mainly they give us the fresh food that we we haven't got the facilities to to keep fresh food and we haven't got the fridge systems and freezers and this sort of thing so we work very very closely with them and we rely on them because it's i mean when all our food is it's all packeted and tinned food which has its limitations so it's lovely to be able to get fresh stuff as well John. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Jane. That's really interesting. Um, I, I, I took aboard what you said, that, that you think that there may be an increase in demand for your services come September, October, when the government says that they'll reduce the furlough scheme. And uh, I think there is a strong argument for continuing the furlough scheme because it seems to me just before winter to put so many people out of work, which it would do, doesn't seem a sensible policy. But anyway, I, I it seems to me that you and the people. Yeah, get into politics. Yes, well, I am to some extent because you and your the people that you're working with are in a a position where where you can uh, make your views known to people in government and so on. Uh, on these issues that, that you actually will be affected by government policies at the moment i think the government is really struggling on the whole issue what what should they do how do they deal with the winter how long do they continue the furlough and is, is there anyone in your sort of network who thinks of 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 letting the people who make these decisions know the things that you face because i think that all helps to shape what what the government does they, they do listen. They do listen to people like you. Yes, we do. That's why we, we do have this independent food um, network that is really represents the, the people like ourselves. Um, and they do lobby and they write to the prime minister and we, we feed into them rather than individual food banks making making comments and i think that's working quite well Trust trust has always been a um, um a, a lobbying group as well so there's quite a lot of information going into government whether they listen or not i don't know but um from from people like ourselves who are 
feeding this information in. So I think we're quite well represented um, on, on, on this, this one. On the whole, the local groups just get on with their job and their job is to provide the food that's needed to the individuals that are out there. Right. Um, I mean, and, and we've had, we had quite a lot of coverage. Actually, we, locally, we had a good coverage with the BBC Radio 4 did a um, centre, um, a journalist, and sort of lived with us for um, over a month. And he came to every one of our, our groups um, and just before lockdown and did a programme, which was, you know, was very informative and helpful, I think. So there's, there's, and there's lots of lo local radio information that we feed into. But IFAN and Trust of Trust are the two bodies that really, I think, effectively can lobby. All right. Thank you. Terry? Terry? I'm losing myself. Oh, hang on. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to know if you can give examples of why people end up being referred to you. I mean, you referred to various agencies. I imagine you're talking of government agents, local authorities, or whatever, social services, maybe. But, you know, what is it that's driving people to need? You know, what are the social issues behind this, if you like? I mean, obviously, the COVID has made things worse. I understand that, but uh, uh, yes, and the, and the problem for us now is that we are no longer meeting people, and that's why I made the point that it's yes, yeah. gets lost there because we are just reacting to a, an electronic referral system. Occasionally, they might put a little comment about why. The, needs food particularly but we don't ask that question and which we used to do more when people came and we had a conversation and what's the problem we would never we only would react if they gave us we would never say why you here because we felt that people you know they, they could come and just be accepted as they were but people on the whole tell you why they've come and what the problems are and you know what their issues were i think it was interesting i think up until march uh people came from all different walks of life for all different reasons i mean there was obviously the one that everyone talked about was you the delays in universal credit that was certainly an issue um, or some kind of benefit change. But they weren't all that by any means. And lots, I mean, just personal things happen to us, to all of us. And, and there's that adage that, you know, we're all three mortgage, mortgage payments or rent payments from, you know, um, serious problems. And so people get into difficulties. And, um, now it's difficult to say we had a we've had very few referrals from the job centers which is where one used to get a lot but that was partly because their system isn't very flexible 
and we've resolved that a bit. So when we're not getting the benefit issues that we were having prior to COVID um, at the moment, although they might start coming faster because we've now unlocked their issue with our electronic system. Um, so I think just a lot of more people were struggling um, for lots and lots of reasons, you know, if you're, if you're um, a lot of people on zero hour contracts, those sort of things um, mm. makes it extremely difficult, especially in times like this, mm. when you've just lost everything. Um, and although I think the benefit system has been a lot quicker since lockdown. They haven't, and they've, they've waived some of the sanctions, which was one of the sort of people who would come, very often have been sanctioned. And we only hear one side of the story, and obviously very often that they've been very badly treated, but we've only hear their side. I'm not saying that it's genuine, but I think sanctions have been lifted at the moment, but whether they're about to go back, I'm not sure. Okay. Thank you. Does that answer the question a bit? It's, well, it's a very it's huge, clever, you know, yeah. debris coming out of prison, all sorts of reasons why people find themselves in prison. I mean, obviously very complex social issues underneath all this as to why people, you know, you mentioned complex families. You know, as complex, complex a lot of people in a more precarious work situation than they used to be. They're not permanently employed by a company over a period of time, and they're therefore inherently more vulnerable. But there are other reasons as well, of course. People are very vulnerable. Lots of, lots of people are very, very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. We hear lots of sort of equations bandied about about poverty. Is there a definition of poverty that you that people work to is there a definition of food poverty that you know, I mean, that the government works to we could get all sorts of statistics banded about about from which side or another um what I, the answer is I can't answer that. I mean, we rely totally on our referrers, and people refer, you know, for different reasons. Um, some people perhaps are immediately feel sorry for someone because they're struggling. Other people are much more resistant to saying, well, you could do a little bit more yourself. Um, we don't ask that question. Our job is to just be told that these, this family is struggling and um, we provide the food. But in a way, I, I, I mean, I slightly resisted wanting to get too involved with why people are coming to us because mm. as a social worker, and this is when we're meeting people face to face. As a social worker, you are always judging people, making decisions, you know, this is why you, you can have this if you've got so much, haven't got so much money or you're in such and such a situation. Um, as, as 
as a food bank, we see ourselves very much as just ordinary people, who's ordinary, but volunteers who are trying to help their neighbor who's in a crisis for whatever reason. And very often, some of the reasons are self-inflicted, but that's not our job to judge them on that. We have been told they need help and we'll give it to them. I'm sure that isn't the answer you want, but that's really oh, no. our kind of criteria. No, I see that so you, you... The answer is I don't know. <laughs> but you see a need and you try to fulfill that need. Do I see? Sorry, I didn't hear that. That you see a need in, in society, local society here, and you try to fulfill that. That's, that's your... Absolutely, and that's our whole reason for being there. There was a need and we tried to fulfill it. But we don't want to involve, we don't want to encourage independence. So there is a, it's a bit of a stick and a carrot, you know, and we don't encourage, but it's again up to the referrers. They're the people who know these people. We don't know them. They just come through the door. We've never seen them before in our lives. I mean, they may come back three or four five times and we get to know them but they are you know whatever we don't know their stories we don't know what they say whether it's actually factual or it's not um or it's a bit of everything we just have to accept that that is the situation and and occasionally you know there are people who perhaps are taking you a little bit for a ride but this is food, it's all been donated, and who are we to question whether Thank you. we should have a good mark. Thank you. Okay. Anyone else? Can I ask you about the national situation? What, what's your picture what? of, 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 yeah, of, of the demand and how people, how food banks are managing to respond on the national level? Because we've heard that for Oxford are typical around the country. I think they're pretty typical. Um, uh, I think some of the food banks in the north have struggled even more although there's a lot of poverty in Oxford which is always surprises people yeah. um, but it's a very difficult one because the, there's always been, there's been poverty out there but I think a lot of a lot of it was unknown by the general public because it was behind closed doors. You can see people, home, homeless people on the streets. You can, there's certain people you know are struggling. Until food banks started, they were there. There were people, lots of people there. Who, and time and time people have come to me, older people, and said, oh, I wish when I was, you know, was in my 20s and I had children to bring up and things and there was no there wasn't very much help you know so I think it's 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 difficult to say how much is to do with now and how much is 
a, a problem that's been around for a long time that people have struggled through and perhaps families are closer and help each other. People live all over the place now. You know, there are lots of reasons why food banks have increased in number. And it's not all to do with bad government, but um, that there obviously are issues. People will always fall through the net. Well, that's what I believe, you know, there will be always people who are struggling. And it's great to be able to do something really practical and and our, my volunteers just love it because they feel they go away feeling they're actually helping others as well as and helping themselves as well. Terry, you had another. You're, you're mute. I can't find him. Sorry. Um, I didn't want to interrupt with I've got some noise in the room. Um, the referring organizations are by and large who Department of Social Services or who is who is making the referrals and by and large? It's, it's actually huge. Um, I mean I counted how many. Well obviously there are a lot of them are departments, but I think we've got something like 120 referral people who can refer us, organisations who can refer us. So there'll, there'll be all the social services, all the health services, um, all the doc, doctor surgeries, um, probation services, um, housing associations, churches, um, uh, support groups, all, I mean, just anyone. But they must, you know, they must be doing it on a, a professional basis. We can't take a referral from our next, your next door neighbour. But if the next door neighbour rang and said, I'm worried about Mrs. Smith next door, we would explain, with, could you possibly get them to contact the Citizens Advice Bureau or someone like that? and talk to them about their problem and they, they can refer through to us. But um, it's very wide and there is a lot going on in Oxford, lots and lots of organisations, you know, the um, abuse services, all those sort of places. Rebecca. Okay. Yeah, um, I just wanted to know what the sort of support had been from uh, the local council and what do you think uh, or what do you hope has been learned lesson-wise sort of through this pandemic that might actually change some of the structures that are around sort of food banks or um, food support um, for the public? Um, well, the local authority is very supportive of us and always have been. We don't actually... Um, we, we've slightly given up applying for grants only because it's hugely complicated and um, and I, I've been in the business of running charities for years and, and I'm very aware that the problem of relying too much on government grants and local authority grants is if they are cut then you are so you, it's out of your control. So we have very much relied on 
personal giving and trust, trusts and those sort of um, um, financial giftings rather than local authorities. But that's not that the local authorities refused us, but that's just the way we work really. Um, I, I know other food banks rely much more on that. That's just how we are. Um, and, and there's an, a huge amount has been going on through this pandemic with food, almost too much. I mean, there has been these government food parcels that have been going out that no one really knows who runs them and where they come from. Even the local authority had some difficulty. And people were ringing us up because people were being locked down because they were, uh, you know, because of their health, for health reasons. A lot of parcels were being delivered to people who actually didn't really need them or didn't want them. And we were endlessly in the early stages getting people ringing us up and saying, I've been given this food parcel and I don't want it, do you want it? So there was, and there have been lots of initiatives of helping people in lockdown with food and, and some of them have been free deliveries and some obviously people doing shopping for people. All those things have been going on and it's been great. And it's, it's helped us hugely because, you know, we couldn't help everybody, um, particularly those that perhaps had the money to purchase food but um, hadn't got the wherewithal to get out and get food and, and the supermarkets weren't delivering. So that those are the organisations that will begin to change and some of them are more looking at sustainable food against waste because like the Oxford Food Bank they you know they're trying to stop food being dumped in in um, in landfill and so um, have schemes to apply so people can purchase very cheaply um, food that otherwise would be thrown away um, and a lot of them were providing free food for people but they will then go back to the old system of paying a little bit for this food so there's a lot of food out there in, certainly in Oxford, um, and, and at, a, at some stage it wasn't very joined up, but I think that we, we've now got together to, a bit and more and are now trying to support all the different groups of people who are, who are finding it difficult to get food or are just generally struggling because of their life circumstances. But we've always stuck to the referral system and emergency food. But I can send people, if people really aren't going to be able to come to us any longer, I can now send them out to try community cupboards and things like that, and they will get food that they will find a bit cheaper than perhaps in the shops. Or to places where they can get a meal. What can we... Can I, oh, sorry, no, go, yeah, go for it, Julia. Uh, do you ever get referrals from schools? Because, you know, we hear from schools that children are going into school, or when, they, when they have been at school, I mean, obviously, going to school hungry, and the, the schools are feeding them. 
and free school meals are there's a big push for free school meals to come back do you ever get referrals from schools about their children oh yes certainly we do yes i mean people who know the schools and liaison officers you know will refer families and what we we have run up till now that we haven't obviously with the schools closed we um we ran um preschool food scheme um then this was a holiday sorry preschool holiday it was a holiday scheme we ran um so that at the end of a term um anyone within this anyone within the school could refer a family um that they were worried about who was in receipt of preschool meals so and we would tell them that they could have up to the many in the summer holidays that you used to say up to four food vouchers they could come along and get food um, that we wouldn't wouldn't be part of the limit of three meals three food parcels a year or um, so that wouldn't act you know so if they've been the rest of the in the term time to the, it wouldn't affect their the 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 amount of parcels they'd had. That's now obviously in a bed because that had to be done by the school itself. Um, and there have been various schools that have um, been providing food parcels to the families that are um, are vulnerable, their own families that are vulnerable. But yeah, yes, we certainly do, and they still do send send us referrals. And I hope you go on doing so. Thank you. Could I just, I'd, I'd just be interested to know what what would be a sort of, uh, give you could give us a rough idea of what an average food parcel, let's say for a single mother with three young children under 11, you know, what, what would she get? What would she get? And how we, many days would it last? We run it, I mean, it's quite a generous I mean, it's a lot of food for four. Um, sorry? So, Jane, you froze. I, I didn't hear very well. Um, I think your connection is frozen. Yes, I have a, it keeps coming saying, but it's probably my fault. We've always said the food should last three, at least three days. Actually, I think the reality is it lasts uh, a good week. Um, it's, it's across the board. As I say, it's all, all our food is packeted and um, tinned. It's not the most healthy food, but we are working in emergencies, so we, we're not into we looked at how could we make our food more um, uh, uh, health, healthier, but it, it was quite difficult because tin food is not the healthiest type of food, always a lot of packaged food. But we do get the, the fresh food from the um, Oxford Food Bank. And then and on top of that, people will get quite a lot of toiletries and um, sort of practical toiletries and this sort of things and because we get a lot of miscellaneous what we call miscellaneous stuff and which in the 
our old days, people would choose and take away whatever they wanted. We have to then, we don't have them, but they're there to choose, so we have to give, we give out a lot of extras and treat type things that people have put into their, their food donations. So they go away, there is, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a lot. And we did, originally when we, we set up Seth, um, we did get a dietitian to, you know, to sort out the sort of proportions that she, they thought was reasonable for a family of such and such a size. So what more, what can we do to help? I mean, we collect when we are able to, when we gather, we collect food. But is, are there other ways? Please go on doing that. Please go on doing that. I mean, we do rely, that is where our main, you know, running the food bank comes from. It's people donating. We try to keep our website up to date about the stuff we need. It's usually the same. We always have lots of certain things like pasta and soup and um, tea and other things we're always a bit short of. So, um, but the, the website is quite up to date. Um, and, uh, and things like toiletries and pra practical um, cleaning stuff and this sort of thing. You know, these things are expensive. Mm. But it's 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 the relying on people regularly giving which we rely on. Right. Mm. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. We're so grateful to you and for sort of struggling to communicate from your. Well, what I didn't say at the beginning is that Jane is actually on holiday and is logging in from the. Um, um, it's been a darkest Rutland. So you know, it's <laughs> this is going beyond the call of duty. And I'm um, really grateful that the connection has worked, particularly as Will's connection is not working. So we, <laughs> so thank you. That's really fascinating because it gives us such more, at least it gives me much more of a picture of what you do, what the needs are. Um, yeah, and it sort of strengthens our arm to go on collecting and supporting. So can we, can we give a round of virtual applause? Real applause. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. It's been lovely. And um, I hope one day I will meet some of you.